This meeting is being recorded. Yeah, that's the good kombucha. Hey, how's it going, Grotto? There's no telling what day of the week it is anymore. If you're listening to the pod, it might be the right one. It might be the wrong one. Nobody knows at this point. But we do have Threesies back in studio. Luch and Crouton are here as always. I think we're going to talk a little Threesies today. So how's everybody been? Well, I've been great. Yeah, I'm great. I'm excited to get Threes back here. This is a real privilege. Yeah, it's, it feels like it's been a little bit, right? It's been probably four or five weeks since I was on. Depending on which episode's been uploaded, who knows? This could have been the first episode you've heard with Threes after he said he was leaving the podcast. I don't know. <laughs> of course, this is reference to the fact that Kitsch uh, famously double uploaded, went back to back. Uh, no, they didn't take last week off, apparently. Uh, it was just a slip of the finger. I, I like that we did like a sensible like tag in the grotto, like, Hey, Kitsch, just a heads up, the wrong episode's there. And like two days later, he comes back from the woods, like the shrooms have worn off. And he's like, oh, man, the audio is wrong or something. You're like, anyone else, it would have been like, cool, I'll get that. And like, probably just naked in the forest somewhere. You kind of nailed it, actually. If I had my laptop with me, I would have handled it, but uh, I had to wait till I got back home. But yeah, I was in the woods on mushrooms, just hitting golf balls, so. I was thinking that it's fitting that um, you're you're saying if I had my laptop because I knew your laptop was at home and that there was no way in hell you were going to call Lindsay and say, here's the password to my laptop. Could you go in and upload this thing for me? God, no. There, that's also, that's too much compromise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you don't have a burner laptop. That's what Ms. did for years. W. <laughs> for all the you problem would be an NFT person who has kinks is like, if she hits the folders marked sassy squirrels, is that going to be like his V friends or his kink? Like, I don't know. I had, okay, so last night um, I had a, a, I did a walkthrough. I did a, an artist walkthrough and 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 talk at the gallery, um, invite only, right? And so um, the gallery and, and uh, my team sort of reached out to some people, got them in there. But uh, one person just wandered in off the street because they saw the big baseball cards on the screens, right? And so they were in there and I, I explained the whole thing. I did a 30 minute talk, just 30 minutes of threes off the cuff, ad lib, walking it through the project. And then I took them in to see the, the actual paintings, did a little more in there. And then I was like, open it up to questions just individually. And this person who walked in off the street, okay, says, so you can... You can change you can change these paintings as you go, right? Like the the collector, if you buy this, you can you can make it into something else, right? So like if I wanted to make Paul Russell into a rabbit, could I do that? Listening. <laughs> I like this. I like this idea. Luch just took a pencil and dabbed it on his tongue and is writing down notes. Did you here. proactively That's... ban him from the grotto for guessing future utility? I said, well, we don't talk about the future, but I will say that there exists a painting of a low effort rabbit. <laughs> In which case, perhaps. <laughs> There's a trade out there. Um, so, yeah. Um, so you're telling me that you would just, I, I could ask you to do like a landscape, like a seascape here. Maybe a, put a put a boat in a rainbow. I was hoping, like, I'm really not feeling this <laughs> pregnant dad thing. 
right. How about <laughs> so he'd really uh, like your wag me wines labels, I think. Oh God. I don't know. The rat could you turn Paul Russell into a rabbit goes down as one of my all-time favorite questions. I think you just should have directed him to Chris Farrar. <laughs> All right, so already we're diving into some some deep hits. This pod, and welcome to everybody uh, that got this link that has never really listened to us or know what I'm doing necessarily. Um, we There's a lot of jargon. There's a lot of inside baseball <laughs> uh, that we do around here. But today, we're going to be talking to you, the new person, who's like, oh, everybody in the world's trying to get me to buy this stuff. What the hell is it? It looks like a bunch of baseball cards. Um and really what you're here to, to buy, if you're even listening to this and, and, and thinking through it, is the three Z's side of my project. So yes, I uh, am a painter and conceptual artist has built out a mammoth uh, backstory, narrative, overarching art project centered around a parallel universe baseball league. Okay, and the majority of my paintings speak to that specifically. And and we unlock who these teams and who these players are and how they got to be what they are and what they may become as they go. So my collectors, um, the Grotto, and we'll talk about the, you'll hear us talking about the Grotto and stuff in here, but the, the collectors who follow me to the ends of the earth to unlock the mysteries of this parallel universe um, uh, live in this world where they buy and trade uh, my baseball cards via NFTs and uh, are committed to, to driving that project forward. So that's the backstory of what's happening behind the scenes, sort of, of this project called Threesies. Threesies being my alter ego and an alter ego to the project itself. It's a long form generative NFT project um, that'll end up being up to a thousand pieces. There's nine uh, generations of a hundred. We're, we're right now showing and, and selling the, the third generation of a hundred. We've finished two of these so far. Uh, and the way that that it works is it's a it's generative art made by code or is it what happens is i've made a data set of all of those paintings that make up the the universe there this this threesomes art project at this point for this series we're going to be referencing 1400 different paintings that have been minted um on the blockchain on various chains um and those 1400s, I've made a data set of all of the traits that make up all of those pieces. And so if you have a baseball player wearing a, a cap from the subs and he's got a ball gag in his mouth, then he might have a baseball mitt or a baseball bat and, and uh, background is blue or whatever. Those traits of a given painting are put into a data set, which when the three Z's mints are sold via the gallery here or, or, or to my collectors um, for utility plays. But when those are sold, it creates a transactional hash on the blockchain, which we run through an algorithm that then matches up a random assortment of those traits from all of my work before and tells me what to paint. So it's generative, it's produced by code, but it's executed by hands by an actual painter um, painting each one individually and putting together sort of the puzzle pieces given to me by the code of which traits that reference all of my previous work that I'm going to put on this new piece. Now the piece, um, this is like I said, the third of nine full generations of a hundred that I'm putting out there, but they represent a given existing painting 
from my previous work that is now done a hundred different versions with all of the traits sort of mixed around and jumbled in and out. And so the first one that we did was three Z's, my, my sort of PFP, the image that people relate with me when they see me on the internet and a player in, on a team, the coders in, in our universe. And the second one was Paul Russell, the, the famous painting of my pregnant dad, the dad to be. And so I did, that's the one that's showing right now at Bellum is a hundred editions painted and hand painted one of ones of the pregnant dad uh in all of his glory run through through this algorithm and so this next one nobody knows except me which of the the pieces will be used as the base for the 100 uh different paintings that that'll come out but it'll be the same player the same image uh run 100 times and painted with at this point it's going to like i said it's going to be 1400 different mints that'll be referenced and so it's quite the 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 breadth of trait possibilities that each one will have and each one is unique and individual and and I won't know what I'm going to paint until we get these these transactional hashes run through the algorithm and then I'll be told what to paint and I'll figure out how to make that work and I'll be doing that uh, over the you know, coming months as I, I paint out 100 unique paintings so that's the project and that's what we're doing um, but I wanted to talk to these guys who collect me and, and of course they run this pod used to be my pod and I left to focus on other things. Uh, and now they run it weekly and, uh, sort of unravel and, and, uh, figure out the, the ins and outs of the project on a weekly basis. So, um, sitting right here, we have, do we, I'm going to go one by one and you guys tell me how many threesies you have from gen one and gen two and how many you've already bought a gen three. This will be telling in this room we'll you find out here so luch how many do you have do you know off the top of your head how many threes you have of the existing 200 plus these new ones six gen one and a third um one one was bought with our group fund money between myself uh john and jacob oh interesting yeah. interesting that was part of our part of our eth on the when it was close to the end of the one year period of it um I now have four of the Gen 2. Um, I'd gotten two last summer because it was a little rough around the house. Uh, I picked up two aftermarket. And then I've got currently got three from auction and will be buying two more uh, through utility. And who knows what's happening on auction beyond that. Right, right. So as it stands then, I think if I did the math there, you have 15 Right now, as it stands, 15 and a third. Uh, so I think it's safe to say you're kind of a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm in. I'm, 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 in, I'm liking them. I'm in. <laughs> uh, you just picked up last week, if I'm, if I don't uh, overstep my bounds here, but you picked up one on secondary off of Nifty Gateway uh, for over two x what it sold for originally, and um, a little over two ETH given today's current prices. Right. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, uh, yeah, so I mean, like that was that was a no brainer, right? Like once once you get to the point where you've got four plus on generation three, what are you doing underexposed on on any of the generations, right? Because there's a chase at the end of the rainbow. So you know, even even right now, uh, Gen two is my current uh, block. You know, when it comes down to it, over the next few years, not counting my chickens on future generations or whatever, but um, I didn't want to leave that to chance. And also it was a beautiful combination of things. <laughs> I call, I, you know, I'm calling him the marquee 
uh, yeah, just the big ruffly shirt and the cat of nine tails and stuff like that. Yellow, uh, purple leather uh, pants, I believe. Yep. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it's one of my favorites. He's got his eyes closed. Uh, <laughs> it's so full of himself. <laughs> cat of nine tails is the uh, cat toy he's playing with. I really had fun painting that. Yeah, uh, so it's one of those things. I just you know you can't you can't get enough of them. At one point. Um, you know, there was, there's very few opportunities to pick them up. Right. Um, and, and right now we're just talking about the count uh, of it, but right. But like, it's at some level, there was a certain amount of, and I think of just like saying like, okay, I've currently got what I should have. I'll let other people play. And again, and it's turned into that thing again of like, all right, that period's over. Like, <laughs> is it still there? Like, uh, let, right. let's, let's let's close this loop so i think we i think we see that a lot honestly i'm not sure if 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 uh proper grotto understands that that you've got some some major collectors that play at the at the top ends and there are times where they generously leave things on market going like all right i'm going to give you a little time to join us on this and you know everybody's got their own individual approach to how long they're going to go okay enough i'm going to take it myself and you, both uh, Crouton and, and Luch do that a lot. Uh, I know uh, I watch it happen where it's like something pops on market and you're like, all right, I'll give you guys a few days here. Uh, otherwise, you got to snap it. I, I felt like the clock had expired on that one. Again, not to like take up too much talk around just like that one pickup, the most recent one. But when I saw certain moves being made in the Gen 3, and like you say, there's you have to look at the overall picture, Gen to Gen to Gen. How many do you have of each? Because why are you going to cock block yourself? Right. Like, and, and at some level, I still am on, on one, at least at the moment, but that's an acceptable amount for now. <laughs> like I, but I didn't he, leaving, leaving that kind of gap six to three wasn't acceptable. Yeah, that, you know? that was So what he's referencing is um, there's a chase. If you collect all an, an NFT from all nine generations, then you get the 10th or Okay, because you can burn these to claim the physical, and if you burn and claim the physicals before the chase deadline, if you hold a physical from all nine generations, you get a tenth physical, um, which is Luch is shaking his head. That's that's bonkers. That's like crazy land to start thinking of that. I do know one collector who is dead set on that. I won't uh, say his name, but somebody has decided. I think he did say it during LFG once. He's like, oh, yeah, motherfucker. What? Oops. Who did? Who am I? <laughs> I made it look <laughs> out of the bag. <laughs> but there is somebody out there who is dead set on getting at least one full run of physicals, which is impressive. It's, it's certainly something, you know, like there's there's a little bit of stuff where we always talk about on the pod where, you know, you don't always give away your plays, but at some level there's certain, I think, requirements we have as hosts to like open up the hand a little more. Yeah. I'm certainly trying to do both. Yeah, yeah well, I appreciate it. And, and um, so, yeah, so so we're going from I believe the the gentleman who has the most threesies uh, to a gentleman who's making some moves after some slow play coming in, uh, and that would be Crouton. Um, and so, Crouton, now you're sitting. Why don't you walk us through what you've got? So yeah, I've got I've got four Gen ones. How many How many Gen ones did you start with? One. 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 You got one on primary. One from primary. Nice. Didn't, didn't really understand the concept fully at that time. 
So and we can get into that more later. So I've got four Gen 1s, picked three of those up off secondary. I've got three Gen 2s currently. Again, I had one from primary there. Uh, I was indisposed, we shall say, um, during the sale was, of those. Yeah, you were you were doing title on the worth. Yes, we don't right. talk about that. Right, but just, just I mean, let's be at least somewhat transparent. You're that's fair. I was doing hard. I was doing hard time. Hard time. Um, yes. Yeah. So then, when I got out, I, uh, you know, once I essentially, you know, paid my debt to society, I started picking up more Gen twos off secondary. So I'm up to three there now, and as it stands, uh, going into the final week of auctions here on Gen threes, I've won three auctions. And assuming I don't lose my 33 status here over the next, you know, six or so days, um, I'll have a fourth. Lots can happen. Anything could happen. So uh, as it stands now, uh, I've got four in Gen 1, three in Gen 2, and four in Gen 3. Nice. Um, what, what your last pickup in Gen uh, 2, am I right that it was pink on pink? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I love that. One so glorious, much. glorious, glorious. It is a really, really special one. I feel uh, very fortunate to have separated that from his previous owner. So, <laughs> yeah. So, this one, um, it's got this really beautiful pink background. And what I did is th there's a uh, a piece that's the, the, the first one of one from series one of Dot Pigeon uh, wearing a an anti social social club pink sweatshirt. Uh, because as we all know, the balaclava guy and Dot Pigeon are fashion plates. And so, uh, but I painted that pink, the exact same pink as the background. And it really, but it just like light shading to bring it out sort of. Um, and and he's wearing a, a Stan Thomas or Stan, Stan Johnson, depending on how you see your monsters, a Stan mask. Uh, and uh, am I right that he's got too much light hair? He does, yes. And, <laughs> too much, uh, too much like mullet. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the collection image. Uh, he's also got the parking lot attendant. Uh, parking he's, lot he's ready. Uh, trait, which oh. is near and dear to my heart. Uh, you know, those who who know my backstory and the and the, the the faithful listeners of the pod know the story behind why we have a parking lot attendant in in the the project. But um, it's it's a beautiful piece. My God, I that's one where I kind of okay. I got these things to paint. I've got this, these traits to go. I'm going to assemble this. And as I'm painting, I'm like, oh my God, this is beautiful. Like this is really coming together. And it's where I decided like to really, I, I used the exact same pink uh, for the background as for the, the sweater and then, and then found a way to bring it out. And it just, oh God, this might, it, I think I love so many of the Gen 2s, but I, I really think it, it might be my two, favorite. Two things around that. One, just like Crouton, doesn't it feel like you're rescuing like, an abused pet from like a bad household like when yes. you pulled away like sometimes like it really like when i pulled the the 13 away you know it was just like he's clutching his cats covered in goo getting pulled away from you know in the wallet there um <laughs> you know because he's covered in the blob but at threes just something to call out that i don't you know like we are framing this from from an, a, somebody who's not as familiar with it right uh i think one of the things that is important to call out there separate from other things when they have traits which will be these things where traits will get applied as layers to a to a pfp is in these paintings 
having a cat doesn't mean you have a cat or, you know, having the certain thing doesn't mean you have the certain thing. You're using your eye as a painter and interpreting how these traits work together in this specific piece. So uh, the same hairstyle doesn't mean it's always the same hairstyle and things like that, right? You have that, right. you've given yourself that freedom within there, like you said, when you were interpreting the pink on this one. Right, exactly. Yeah, no, it's it's fun for me because, okay, so I'm my 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 process is guided by the code, right? The code is going to tell me what to paint. I have no input into what the subject matter is going to be, okay? But I then get to take the artistic approach of what works and what means something to me as I do it. And, you know, I, it, it, it's going to sound a little strange, but I don't sit down ever going, all right, I'm going to paint a bat. Where am I going to place the bat? Like, how's this go? I just start painting and it sort of, I feel it and I move where it, where it wants to go on that given piece. And as I, as I put an element into it, it may alter the countenance or the, like, like the, the composure of the, the, the subject in a way that, well, if he's doing this with his hand here, right, if he's holding this element up here, then obviously it's, it's going to change his shoulders a bit and change the way that the rest of it moves. And, and so each one, I just addresses its own painting. And I, I, it's not like, like Luch is saying, you know, with most of the, the PFP work that I'm referencing in the project itself, it's just a layer. Every single crown sits the exact same way. It's the, it is the exact same layer of crown just placed over, right? It's like just, just layered up and, and what, and, and that's how it sits. But for me, the crown is going to be different based on what he's doing with his shoulders, what he's doing. I don't, I don't have a crown. There's, there isn't a crown, but I'm saying if I were to say paint a PFP with a crown, well, the, the guy's going to move around a bit. It's going to be a little more fluid and, and it's an actual painting that, that guides, guides that hand. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's fun for me then to figure out how it goes. And there are times where, you know, it might have a, a particular pair of like glasses or sunglasses that are part of the traits that are un, that are, are unlocked, but it doesn't make sense for them to be on their eyes, right? I, I'll tuck them into a pocket or into you know the shirt collar or put them up on on a hat or something along those lines because that's what it feels and 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 sort of drives me to do at that moment. And so, uh, it's something that that is while it references this NFT concept of the layered randomized traits it takes it a whole other direction just kind of like my project in general right i mean i reference this this world that the nft exists in but you know, i'm kind of doing my own thing right is it safe to call the dave cash hat the crown <laughs> i wouldn't I, no i'm not gonna go i'm not gonna say that yeah. um but Oh man, what a trait, right? And that's and that's the thing. So that we because of the amount of pieces that were there for Gen One, okay, you had sort of this this flow of more Dave Cash hats coming out, and I think we actually didn't have any Dave Cash hats pop in in the Gen Twos, right? And there are pieces that were there and that didn't make it through, and and it's just sort of you know, randomization is strange when you look at small small sets of it right i think when you when you look at a thousand over the end over the course of this we're gonna we're gonna see how it played out but there are times where it looks like an anomaly of a run of something but you then that might make an appearance 
again or for a very long time and it all balances out but um but it's 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 interesting to me to see which traits sort of rise above and, and play out and and of course if for those in the grotto and know all of my work if you think about and i've said it a bunch in this one about talking about 1400 pieces that i'm referencing so you can think about how we get to 1400 right there there are certain certain pieces that obviously weren't included in the narrative stuff that was the the you know the groundwork laid for gen ones and mostly gen two but there'll be things here that i'm gonna that, that theoretically should come up um and it's gonna be really fun to see how those how those play out it's a lot of work to reference so i mean we could have a real hodgepodge of traits i think yeah, i don't know if you explained this completely earlier but Every generation, obviously, you're a prolific painter. So in between the series, you're adding more traits to the next series that's coming out. So exactly. like Gen 4, or it's not 1,400 paintings. It might be 1,700. It might be 2,100. Right, right, right. Hopefully not 2,100. I don't know that I have 700 paintings in me in the next year. But <laughs> we've <laughs> seen it. <laughs> um, true, we have. Um, but it's, yeah, it, 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 it uh, it's, it becomes what I was, and I sort of spoke to this during the talk last night, but but the Paul Russells, okay, the, the Gen 2s really are a snapshot of where the project was at that point, right? And these now become a snapshot because they can only draw from that. The next ones then can draw from all of them. The next one's from even more and even more. And so it's, a, it's an interesting play. And like the probability of them coming up were much you know there was a much uh, easier probability of a certain trait hitting in the gen ones than in gen twos than in gen threes and, and so um but let's 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 get on to you kitch how many do you have yeah i played a little bit of a different level than these other two guys here but uh i've got a single gen one and a single gen two i'm still going to be playing around in the auctions for gen three and i also have a 33 waiting on me if i don't fuck all of this up um, lord willing. yeah right. lord willing um but yeah I, I love them both um i i still think my gen one is my favorite it's been my twitter profile picture for over a year and a half now or however long it's been it, time's weird in nft space but it it hurt my soul to have to burn the background off of that but i know i'm getting a, a painted blue ivan um and we can talk about some of that utility stuff, you know, a little bit later on in the podcast. Well, kick, kick us off with it. So first of all, walk us through what that painting is. Like what, if you, as many as you know off the top of your head, what traits that Gen 1 has and then what, you, what you're doing with it. I've got the Picasso shirt. He's holding an, a nice cat. It had a nice royal blue background that matched the stripes on the shirt. It was gorgeous. Um, I burned the background off because that allows you to reduce the number of Marlenas you need in order to paint a base card, one of the other paintings in Threesome's universe. I actually picked one of the, the subs, Ivan, who's on trial now for a possible murder. Um, that's a whole other story that I'm sure there's a podcast. You can go and listen to all of that. Um, but, I mean, there's endless possibilities of what you can actually burn off and what that's going to get you. I mean, some of the traits are specific to a, a character, but also to the uh the team that they play for so certain utility that's called up for uh correlating the series which it's a whole other facet it's just it keeps unraveling as you go but um 
And and so so this is this is a neat thing. The, the, what he's referencing there is that all of these traits like have utility within the, the the broader project, within you know the intense collectors who are navigating how to get new paintings via utility or how to drive the narrative further. And the reason that this becomes important, even for a passive collector, even for somebody speculator or a passive collector who just wants to own a piece, okay. Um, doesn't doesn't have the time or bandwidth or, or energy or desire to dive into to all of the the mega collecting that's happening behind the scenes, right? But what happens is, by owning one of those pieces, you own a number of very coveted assets, right? Because as Kitsch there is deciding that he's going to burn off the back the blue background, okay, um, and someday maybe decides, do you have brawn head? You've got brawn head, right? Yes, yeah, brawn head, yeah. You know, someday decides he's going to burn brawn head for for a coder's uh, output of, of you know some some sort, right? As he does all of these things, and those traits get moved around. And by the way, when he does that, we then go in and repaint and change change it all up. Okay, um, but but all of those things make somebody who's holding passively the amount of traits are constantly being diluted. Okay, they're being. Um, uh, not diluted, rather. I'm sorry. Uh, 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 you know, burned away and, and made more scarce. Jeez, stumbling for words all of a sudden. But, but you know, there's there's um, a, a deflation to the number of pieces that are out there and the number of traits as a whole. And like we said, you know, as the project goes on and it's able to reference more and more traits, specific traits will become more and more rare because it's harder for them to make another appearance as more and more pieces are referenced. And so um, having just the traits, if you imagine it, the traits run from, I think like six to 11 so far as what we've seen with 11 traits being the most that, that were that were sort of, you know, guided. Um, but if, you know, if you're running six to 11 different traits existing on a piece, um, you're setting yourself up for, for numerous assets that have their own particular value to drive up. And so- yeah, with the Marlena example, a, if you try to buy, buy a blue Marlena on secondary, it's over 300 Tez. Um, and you can extrapolate that out to, you know, your 10 different traits, plus the ability to get a physical and all this other stuff. And it, it adds up pretty quickly. Yeah, no, they they they, they definitely have their their particular values that, that sort of stack up with them. Um, and over time, so as somebody outside of the project who just wants to hold a piece and just wants to have something to say about it. The nice thing is this sort of drives and maintains value um, it, it, because as the active participants are going through theirs, they covet what you have and have, um, haven't touched. Uh, I'll add an example on the kitches of traits there uh, with the Micah shirt, you know, the Picasso shirt and a pack scratch off face. Try buying either of those pieces straight up. They just right. don't. Yeah. can't. So it's like it's it's that it, it not not only from the things of like of a uh, oh yeah that's that's going to be a you know something to do this like there's also the untouchable that just this is the chance right yeah yeah there there some of these traits reference pieces um, you know that routinely sell uh, dot pigeons routinely sell over ten thousand dollars there's only twenty one. Oh. We even talked about that Gen 2 that I've got that has the Series 1 uh, sweatshirt on it. Yeah. That's a Series 1 trade. Um, right. <laughs> talk about impossible to get. 
I don't think Texas is going to let go. Of there's that. only one of them. Texas isn't selling, right? Right. So I mean, to your point, there's you just don't know what you're going to get on on something like that. And then the additional wrinkle that happened in Gen 2, which was we found out you could add traits to 3Zs through different utilities and stuff. So we went through Father's Day, ended up we were tasked with burning something away specifically, and then we could add a dad-to-be trait to our 3Zs. Um, so that guy that was talking to you, fingers crossed, he can burn some kind of rabbit and add that on there. We'll see. Well, yeah, fingers crossed. But 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 yeah, that's the thing. We We don't. Of course, we never discuss future utility and we don't discuss, you know, future pain things, but that's, it, it stands within reason. We've seen over the course of two and a half years um, that there is more to be revealed and there's more to come. And now that we know, we did it this summer, that you can add on traits, that you can you can destroy other work to add on to your threesies on, on rare occasions. Um, it sort of changes what's possible that way too, right? I think, so, I think that's, a good, that's a good introduction to maybe, you know, the title of your most recent show here, Dialogue, right? I think that's a really appropriate name for it because, you know, at its very core level, the collector is having a dialogue with you, the artist, and interacting with the painting in ways where they're either subtracting traits by burning them in the way that Kitsch has, or you can add them in the way that we did during Father's Day. Um, so you know, maybe you want to you know discuss that, and I think that that's really what I love so much about this. And it's it's a living, breathing organism, right? It's it's alive. It is up to each individual to interact with and engage with their piece or not. You can do that. You can burn it. You can interact with it. Then you can burn it. You can add things to it. You can take things from it. You could leave it just as it is. The possibilities are really endless, and you have uh, a responsibility on some level. You have an opportunity to shape the work itself. And until you burn that physical, uh, until you burn the NFT to claim the physical, it is a living, breathing organism. Uh, right. And that's and that's something that I, I'm able to speak to it in this show. And it's it's been a lot of the conversation that I have as I explain all of this to people that, that haven't collected me for years and don't understand some of the ins and outs. But every one of my paintings, okay, that I have possession of, I treat. I don't consider them finished. Okay, we've already gone through even some of these paintings that I, I made originally, um, minted as such, sold the editions. We've now gone through and altered those, some of them multiple times over, right? Um, you know, the the Marlenas that the Kitch is referencing there were a black and a white Marlena. Okay, two paintings. And then I went through and I, I we, they've become 21 paintings, right? Um, as flags. I've, as I've changed it. Well, flags as well, okay? So uh, the, the flags being a, a World Cup concept where we took 32 flags of the 32 countries and I made a low effort attempt at doing them. Uh, once again, I made this uh, official many times. Apologies to Germany for getting your colors mixed up, but I was painting 32 country flags for memory and I maybe flopped, <laughs> flopped Germany around. But um, as they advanced through, as people moved through, I put, I then put more effort into them. Some of those meant actually taking the, the low effort piece and now tidying it up and, and making it even more and higher and still more effort uh, pieces. Right. And so, 
uh, as such, everything that I have possession of is always in play through the dialogue with the collector, through the dialogue with the collector group, right? As everyone determines through blockchain interaction, what happens to whether it's their individual threesies piece, their one of one, or to pieces that are held by a number of people who decide, okay, well, I want mine to be blue and I want mine to be green and I want mine to be light green and I want mine to be light blue. And as we do that, we're altering the, the original physical painting each time to further that along, right? All of that ends. I can't alter a piece that I no longer have possession of. So you, the collector can decide to close the dialogue, to stop that conversation, burn the NFT, receive the physical, and now there's nothing I can do. Now it's it's out of my hands and it's done. But you know, we have some people love dot pigeon. The very first mint that I have, it's going to be changed. I would. I really can't imagine that that. That iconic painting was one of my first paintings that, that I minted, right, is is going to be altered. Every one of the pieces that I still have possession of, and I only sold one physical and I bought it back, right? But only one of them, okay, um, is, is going to end. And that's when, you know, the final piece is burned away and then we've and the dialogue's done okay so it's 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 a cool concept to live in it's a big commitment on my part that all of these things matter forever and ever as long as i'm alive right um yeah i i was one of the people who thought the uh run of like the colored marlenas and stuff like that 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 was some layer of color added you know at first right we we talked about that it was that first time seeing like the remnants of things or the shades as you alter it and stuff like that and that was like, I mean, we've talked about those moments before of like the first time getting to hold the monsters or whatever in New York and just going like, damn it, I'm I'm in. Like, you know, like there was there, you know, I'd already really enjoyed the art and stuff like that. And you're just you just look at it and you're like, all right, there's so there's so much going on here. Like this is this is so good. But like that that idea of like what other painters like hold up their work or you know. I think some of these idiots with some of their, you know, and not idiots, whatever, people can like what they like, but I can't imagine some of these digital grails or something even being altered two years later and the file being destroyed or something. But like you're, you, you hold it up and you say, okay, we're doing this to this one now. And even with your gouache powers activated and you strip the colors back off and, you know, try to get it to certain places, like, it's never the same. It's never, never going to be the same. And like that ability to, <laughs> I watched, okay. So there's like, you know, the board game risk. Mm -hmm. There was a, uh, the first time I saw this done was with risk and there's been a couple other things done with it now. Uh, but there was a thing put out called risk legacy. And the idea with risk legacy is you were supposed to play it with the same group of people. And over the course of 16 games, every game would be different because each game there was little modifiers that would get added to the board and things that would happen. And the very first thing you had to do was yeah, like, there was different classes. It was like, you were off world. There was like different races and you had to pick the ability that would be applied to the race out of two. And you had to tear the other piece up and throw it away. And when I looked around that room, the funniest thing to me were these hardcore board game people who had to, destroy something from their game and move on and like the idea of something that's your baby and something you've crafted and you continue to 
change and evolve and, you know, blow away or like, you know, restore and things like that. It's just, it's wild. It's, there's so much happening and like, nothing's like that. Just nothing. I, you know, this is something those, those who don't know, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm in my mid forties, but I didn't start painting until I was 40. It's the first time I ever did anything like this. Uh, and even there, it took me a couple of years to even <laughs> use paintbrushes and gouache the way I do now. So I don't, I have a, a small number of years doing this and I love it. And I, I, I get the biggest kick out of making a piece and like I can't believe that my hands made that I can't believe that I conceived of this and executed it the way I wanted to and I love them I love my paintings and yet for this project I have to say <laughs> but I'm opening it up to to input I'm opening it up to to guidance here I mean look I'll say this now okay this is going to be a little inside baseball it's going to be a little specific but I don't mind saying that we we we've we've now altered the the cat moms series. The team of cat moms, the existing cat moms, have been um, uh, set up to be painted uh, in the background in a different color and sort of a different palette, taking shape. Cunt, uh, one of our collectors. Sorry, uh, <laughs> to the new with a Q with a Q with a Q. Um, but uh, crypto cunt, cunt. He's just shortened it. He he's shortened it from crypto cunt to cunt because he felt that was more appropriate. But cunt painted Bree Van Arsen, a, a very scarce painting to begin with, only I think twelve or thirteen editions. Um, but he he decided to paint the whole thing orange, and the motif of it is that it's got a burning orange flamed. Uh, uh, background painting going on. There's a scene that references the meme of the little girl watching the house burn down and smiling. And so, uh, but the, the orange flames, and he's now decided to paint the whole thing orange. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> of all the colors, Nick. <laughs> okay. But there we go. And so, this painting that I'm really proud of and I really love, only he's the only one to change it. So it gets changed once and it's now orange and all right, okay, I guess, I guess. But I had to, I, I opened that up and sometimes you make fucking dumb decisions. <laughs> it happens, but but I'm I, that's, that's one of the beauties of this, right? Is um, it's out of my hands often. We do this a lot, whether it's in just the way I'm painting and the way that we're having this dialogue or by letting just chaos and, and outside events determine what happens in the project, right? There's, uh, there's there's something reoccurring I've kind of said over the last couple months from time to time, and that's like nobody can do everything here. Like Ratcher was the last one to throw his hands up in the air and say, "I can't can't do it all," but like that is a really good example of like picking a lane and like carving out your little piece of grotto legend, right? Like that move because he earned that card originally, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And he saw it through, you know, with the utility play to do something that who knows how it's going to come out, but it's going to be amazing. Like, you know, the idea, the absurdity yeah. of doing that and like what he's going to make you do to it. It's, it's fantastic. Um, and it's just like, it's one of those examples of like not getting, I, just, just for in general, people who are like active in the project, like just because you can't do a full cardinally correlated, which not many could one did two did one did yeah, one one did. Did. yeah. find something that absurd find your uh your uh pink uh 
was it Bertel? Who's the piggy slut? You know, do do the Ron Mac. Yeah, yeah, Ramon Hernandez. Thanks. Uh, you know, find find that lane, find that thing that that you could point to as this project stacks up and becomes, you know, legend and stuff. That you know that that's 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 the stuff that like threesies enables, right? Is like this ability to go in and and pick out little little absurd works with you through that dialogue like like crouton was saying yeah no no doubt um so why don't you guys if you don't mind um from a personal standpoint okay and you sort of you, you sort of are stepping into that right now Luch, but why don't you tell me why you love threesies like why you 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 think it's it's a uh, in a, in a very you know a project we love. I mean, and let's get this clear. My collectors love the project. We, I love them. I love the project. We love this shit. We love it. Okay, but why threesies in particular? Do you think it's it's a remarkable part of it? Sure. First off, I have to clarify. I think when I get my buys done, I'll be at fifteen and a third, not sixteen and a third. Okay. I'm a peasant. Um, <laughs> you got a little. Did you think you had one more than you than you had, or? Well, when we were when we were thrown out, the, no, the numbers were right. We just didn't add them up, right? Okay. I thought I thought Luce had a lot. I, now I don't. Think that. <laughs> if, uh, if you're a peasant, I'm like an untouchable. So, <laughs> I'm imagining somebody listening to this pod two years from now and realizing that you had that you had early on bought fifteen of these things. <laughs> And, and I'm lamenting missed opportunity versus like, holy shit, he bought 15 of these. Exactly. Right? And a third. Um, so for me, I, like, it's probably a couple things, right? The, one of the things that really draws me to it is one of the things that I, I, I wonder how these talks go as you're bringing people in new to them. One of the things is something we see reoccurring occasionally through the project. And that's the nostalgia of the things we've done so far, right? Is this looking back at accomplishments and milestones, the 200 piece, the goodbye hen, um, you know, things, things of that nature. And it's just always the celebration and this hit of, oh man, look at, look at this thing and look how it also ties with this other thing. It's, it is our storytelling put together. Uh, so when, when you look at something like the cat mom with the cardinale, with a shoe in the mouth and knowing where those pieces come from, like what other, what other project when you have something that's considered, you know, a PFP or, you know, even like, I, I want to almost get away from PFP with these and just think of them as portraits. Right. Um, but what other thing can you look at the history of those traits other than, yo, people had Bitcoin eyes on Twitter, so we have Bitcoin eyes, you know, or something like that. Like lasers or Bitcoin, you know, maxis. Um, so there's something special behind every one of them. Also, just the magic in the way some of them come together. Like, I, I appreciated the call out, you know, the one of the times when you were on a Spaces or something where you talk about how I was able to hit on number one. And number one happens to have a blindfold and, and a striped shirt. And my ape that got me into position in NFTs 
is a blindfold and a striped shirt and stuff. And it's just like, it's one of those things, like, how does that magic come how, together? How does that even, how is that even possible? Right. right. And yeah. this is, it, it's, it, and there's a lot of that in what we do because we are really in it and we really like love this stuff. Right. Um, but what you, I, I like what you're getting at there is that, you know, this stuff does matter to a, to a, a, a group of collectors, a substantial group of collectors. You know, I mean, it was when I tell people that 32 of you came to the opening, the big, the, the huge majority of you flying in, right, from other places, they're like, what? You had, you had 32 collectors come to your opening from all over? They, they can't fathom that, right? And yet... I'm not going to tell them, oh, and there were 10 who were like, oh, my God, I really want to be there. I, I'm trying everything I can to get there. I'm sorry, I can't get there, right? Uh, and there were probably 100 who wanted to be there, right? Um, but this work matters. It's collected. It 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 is built to to have a reason to exist for as long as I'm alive and hopefully after, right? And so... That being said, like getting a piece of something like that from outside, okay, is in a sense honoring that, honoring what happens in, in all of that and, 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 and taking a position in it and saying, okay, look, I don't, that's not my thing. I'm not going to spend 30 hours a week in pretend baseball world, okay, which is sad that you're not going to, it's kind of awesome, but but I recognize that this is something substantial. This is something revolutionary. This has never been done. And I, I respect that. What we do in return for your acknowledgement of that, which is what happens if somebody outside buys one of these things, we acknowledge, oh, wow, thank you for recognizing its import, okay? So let us do everything that we do through the project to make sure that you've made a good a good investment there right and, and they and, stand up on their own on their own like the the so so freaking well like i you know we had the conversation on the side when it came time for utility work on the cardinale on on the defrocking which i don't know if we touched on we touched on the painting but you know burn down three of the pieces you were going to get some future iteration of that player and what they did to get kicked out of the roman catholic church and I have one that's multiple cardinality traits and it's just too good for me to chop up, you know, yeah. and, and yeah. I, for, I, I had to make that decision to forego one more of these pieces that'll be, you know, rare and blah, 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 to just keep this little bit of magic together of just a happy cardinal with his two cats and a shoe in his mouth, you know, it just, <laughs> I, they, they like, at, at a, like the easiest answer is they bring me joy, right? Like it just, every time you kind of look through them, there's something going on, but it, no, a lot of it goes down to the sentimentality. A lot of it goes to that absurd nostalgia that I've talked about on here. Um, and just, it, it just, and, and then once, once you really get what these will mean long-term, you know, there's, there's there's use to them that's going to hurt to do, but I need them. You know, the last part is I need them to do things I well, want to do with the project. And that's that's sort of what I'm what I'm getting at. It's um, for somebody externally 
I get the art, I get the project, I get what's going on. Uh, I, I, I'm interested. Okay, I'm going to step in and buy one. Okay. It's a rarity. It, it's, it doesn't almost exist that you have then an entire network of collectors basically ensuring that what you've got has demand, has, you know, you've got hundreds of people coveting what you have. Okay. And as more people come in, you know, every time you have somebody new come in who decides, you know what, I'm into this thing. I love it. I'm all the way in. I'm going to jump in and I'm going to, oh, what do I need to do to go buy the older stuff and catch up to you guys? You guys are seem to be doing this and how do you do it? And inevitably those newcomers find their way to threesies. Okay. And backfill and start to get into that. And so there will be a time next year that we get some new guy who decides that he loves this more than anything. And then the following year, there'll be a new guy. And then the following year, there'll be a new guy. And as that happens, these pieces take on a level of scarcity and demand, all driven by this amazing group of collectors who love the pieces. They love them. They, they know them. They understand what they're referencing. They, it, it's, it's personal on some levels, right? What do you, what do you add to that? It was a great thing that Luch just said, but what do you, what do you say, Crouton? Yeah, he did a great job there. Um, I mean, there's so much to love about three Z's I mean, on a very you know big picture level, right? It's the characters that we all love reimagined in ways that we never could have conceived of them absent the algorithm telling you what it was. And then I, I love to see how you make it all fit together. And we've touched on it a little bit earlier, but you know, um, hair or glasses, they're portrayed differently depending on the other combination of things that work in conjunction there. So that's, I, I love that. And it'll be fun to see how those evolve as traits are burned off. So, you know, first and foremost, characters we all love. Um, but, and I, I did touch on this earlier, but the, the participatory element of this, I think is really what makes it pretty differentiated from anything else I've ever seen. Um, you know, I think that's historic. I really do. I think it's significant. The ability to converse with you and the art, shape it in ways that either we want uh, by taking things away or adding to it or collaborating, engaging with it, evolving the piece, evolving the project, evolving the narrative. I think all of that plays extremely centrally to three Z's. Um, let's also, you know, Luch talked about it, but you know, they're, they're get out of jail free cards in the sense. They're hyper utility on any of the traits that you need. And we all know you can never have enough inserts and you can certainly never have enough base cards and you can never have enough of anything. So these traits are extremely valuable. Um, and let's, you know, one thing we haven't talked about, it's the only way you'll ever get a physical is a threesies, is to burn it. That's the only way that we know so far. So talk about an opportunity there and getting a threesies and burning it entitles you to a physical, which there's just no other way we can get those as far it's, as we know. It's funny that we... This is something that we we actually don't talk a lot about. Now, now look, some of it is because there's so much going on with the threesies and with the project. There's so much 
that like we just went through an hour just saying oh, these are the things and the reasons and the whys and the hows and the back and forth and the and yet at its core it's your personal particular control of the physical painting like i said you get to decide when that dialogue is over when you take it now part of it is i don't talk that much about it because i hate the idea of somebody taking the physical for me right and especially for 1500 or 2000 dollars it's just like criminal okay but it's there and it's meant there it's meant to be there to make me reckon with that okay to to because i've managed that i sold one very early but i bought it back of the of the the original mints right um i've managed to hold tight on all of this and i need to put myself in a position where i don't have absolute grip on it and that's what this project does it puts me in a position where i have to be ready to part with it and i've got to understand that that does happen <laughs> Okay. Most artists, they don't just get it away from me. Give me the money done and a transaction for me. What I think, and I think I've done this. If we look at how many people have said that they're claiming their physicals and how many people are just along for it, which is a gigantic percentage on the whole, the NFT side. Right. But what we, what we have is people who are unwilling to give up on the future because whatever that may be, what, however this plays out, it has more value to them than the only chance they have to have my physical, right? And so it becomes, it's not a game of chicken necessarily, but it becomes this sort of real one versus one decision of like, okay, here we are. This is a standoff. I hold this thing until you say, right? And that's, that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And it's, it's something I have to put out there. I've got to put myself in that position, though I don't want anybody to claim them because I don't like anybody taking my paintings. Because like I've said before, now they're out of the collection. Now they're not a part of a major group. Now they're not all together, right? And so I'm, I'm going, here you go. Say the word and I will give it to you. But I've made it compelling enough that that's not that people aren't just running to like oh wow I'm, this is the only way you can get a physical yeah sign me up i'll take 10 sign me up i definitely want because i want the physical just give me the physical well you know my, mm -hmm. my plan in 10 years with it right like i know why you don't want us to have a physical because i'm going to bring an old-timey bicycle to sotheby's and i'm going to ride with them <laughs> as folks, and then it's going to auction off the bike with the physical pieces and that's going to be the performance art and the threesies tied in nothing would make me happier let me just let me just make this clear. Nothing would make me happier than you showing up at Sotheby's and riding an oldie timey bike. <laughs> Forget my paintings being a part of it. I want to see that, and I am a bidder. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Sounds a bit like an Una Una piece there. Um, <laughs> and, and the final thing I'll say is, you know, when you think about the amount of work that's involved and the commitment that Threes makes to essentially produce a one-of-one one and then allow you to interact with it. I can't say virtually unlimited um, because there, there are bounds to that. You can't just... You can't just say make it a rabbit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but having said that, um, 
it can you know, evolve many, many, many times, which is uh, forces him to reconceive the entire piece and then bring it to life. That is a tremendous undertaking across fast forwarding to the end here. Nine full series of these. I think that's absolutely remarkable. That would be in a vacuum. And if that was the only thing that threesomes was, that would be a an absolutely massive undertaking. Um, and then one final thing I want to put out there is that you know, one thing you said earlier was that you know hundreds covet your piece. And I wanted to clarify that, that even in a scenario where you used every trait on your threesies, it is still extremely, extremely valuable. Let's let's imagine a scenario where you have a Gen 1 or a Gen 2 or any generation, but you know, just for the sake of this thought experiment, just imagine a scenario where you've got a Gen 1 and you've used up all those traits and you know you don't want to add anything back to it. And it is just absolutely you know blank. My understanding is that so long as you haven't burned burned it for the physical. It is still a threesies, even if it has no traits. And there's a chase. And I imagine that many years from now, people will be paying large sums of money for a card that has no traits on it because it's still a threesies, because you'd still need it in order to complete your chase. And guys like Luch, guys like me, guys like Kitsch, guys like Ratro, who's going to sell you a Gen 1? with or without traits, you'd take anything you can get. And I think that is something that people may not have really thought about. Uh, there's only ever going to be 100 of each generation. So they, they will always have value, even if there are no traits. Yeah. Take oh, it I mean, easy. A no trait three easy. Yeah. I, did, I imagine them naked. So oh, you've, you've imagined every single piece that I've ever made naked. That's you. You genuinely have thought every time that we say, "Okay, we're going to do something new here." You're like, "Is it going to be naked?" Well, the thing is, I don't even have to imagine three or four of them; they're already naked. So, <laughs> uh, what, I mean, what did you say, Kitch? You, you, every man, Kitch here. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, I resonate with everything that Luch and Crouton said. I wasn't sure if I was going to have anything left, and. I do. I still have multiple other reasons why awesome. the reasons are awesome. awesome. Like, especially uh, Luch talking about nostalgia, talking about the narrative aspect, Crouton talking about hyper utility. Those are all top of my list as well. But some other aspects that really are interesting about threesies is the interaction from the blockchain, the digital side, telling the painter what to physically paint on a card, I think is, is groundbreaking. I don't know that anyone else does generative painting. Um, and that really just, it, it always blows my mind that you're getting an order basically from an algorithm. And that just totally sums up the NFT space that we live in today, where it's digital, physical, everything's mashed together, but it's still art. Um, and then the other aspect that that comes up is this is a through line throughout the entire universe is that every card matters, right? And it goes back to, uh, you know, opening up a pack of baseball cards and three of them are shitty and you don't give a shit about them and you want to throw them away. There's an opening pack aspect to threesies as well. When those are revealed, 
every trait you get, you're not sure what you're going to get, but they're all great. You're not getting anything shitty in that pack. And that always excites me on like opening day where we get the, the big reveal and find out what your threesies looks like from, you know, the cohesion of the piece as well as like, oh, now I've got this trait that I might be able to use down the road. You start going ahead and planning your next moves with it or like, oh, I there's no way I could burn that trait away um, until threes dangle something in front of your face and you have to make that decision. But it's it's really endless. There's so many aspects to the threesies project that makes it the pinnacle of this entire universe that we live in. Um, it's the key to everything. Um, it's the bridge to ETH. Like we were lowly Tez people, the one of ones were on ETH and then threesies came along and really made us truly multi-chain. So it's, it's everything, you know? Yeah, no, it is. It, it, it's, you know, you sort of spoke to it there that the, it's not being done with the, the, the generative, you know, the code guiding the artist to, to physically paint it. Right. And it's starting to happen. Okay. Artists are going to be doing this. Okay. But so far we've seen glimpses of it. William Mappin has been tweeting about, about doing it where he's like, takes his code for his abstract piece. Okay. That would, that generates a digital image. And then he hand paints that digital image trying to match it. Okay. All right. That's that's that is truly using a physical hand, a human hand, to evoke a, a digital image. Okay, but what's it referencing? It's referencing an abstract concept. That's it. I'm referencing an entire narrative, an entire over a an entire body of work um, that that actually matters to not just that painting as that moment in time of representing all of these things that came before that had to exist in order for it to be referenced okay but also all that it unlocks going forward one thing i'd add to that too is that so even in what you've just described what william's doing his process it's still a singular static image yeah. that's it yeah. there is no interaction there is no evolution. There is no collaboration or participatory element to it in any capacity. It's just basically the code creates an image and then he paints it with his hand. And that is the end of the project. No, I know. And that's, and without, without getting to, to pissing match about, you know, what other artists are producing, what they're doing, I don't want to do that. But, but I will say, and, and Crouton and I have talked about this um, a number of times, in order to do what I do with a project like this, which is a generative hand-painted project, um, I had to create the whole project to be referenced. There had, and, and for it to be collected the way it is and for it to exist the way it does and for it to, to deliver down the road and unlock further narrative and further exploration of the project and further development of the, the entire collection, it all has to exist. And, you know, we don't necessarily see, I, I was talking to, of all people, Una the other day, you dropped a little Una, but I was talking to Una and I said, you know, I think that the generative, uh, the generative like heat wave is about to give way to the narrative heat wave. 
I think that we're going to see the move in NFT land into narrative NFTs where it's all about now. Story. They've got to have a story. Okay. This is, yeah. Oh, it used to be about this. And then it became about this. And now it's about this. And generative becomes narrative. And I think it's true. I think people are going to build out some world building. They're going to have these storylines. This is, it makes some sense, right? But your Um, project has every aspect of that. And it's not AI generated like these other ones are going to be. It's true. And it's, and it was, it was done from day one. Yeah. I was going to say, without getting into, like you said, a pissing match or whatever, I've seen stuff that's launching week one, and they're like, let's delve into the lore. And it's like, is lore something you announce, or is lore something that builds? And it just, there's so many examples over the couple years, right, of things where it's been done here first and better, or better, or whatever. You know, obviously, like January during burn you area or whatever where that was the coolest thing ever it just wasn't done right and things like that it just there's so many little pieces where when it's artificial you can tell and sometimes that doesn't matter to the buyer it just doesn't you know i've i've missed out on money because i had certain things that i wasn't going to buy because it was terribly done like uh, this ai art is sick af or whatever um but it just it it just doesn't matter because the, of what we get to be a part of. Uh, it just the lore yeah. is there, the generative is there if that's your thing. Um, you know, in the three Z's project, it's funny whenever anyone tries to get their hands wrapped around this for the first time. They're like, so all this is generative. It's like, well, no, like not the base cards, not the things. These are different, but those feed the thing. It's part of the thing. Like nothing's uncoupled, even when something isn't part of the machine you're looking for, right? um so yes it it, it's like it there are times where like crouton said really aptly and i appreciate it you know if three z's were the only part of this project it would be groundbreaking it would be historically significant it would be um you know the first time most people have ever heard of but of an actual interaction back and forth endless uh, until the collector decides that there's this back and forth with the, the the painter and the collector, right? Um, and it's certainly not on scale, and certainly you know this isn't somebody commissioning, um, you know, a, a painting of their grandfather and asking them to make the the crotch area a little more swole, right? Um, no, this is this is this is, a, this is a, an actual art project. It's an actual back and forth. There's an actual dialogue here, and um, yeah, in of itself, three Z's is that, and yet it doesn't and wouldn't and can't exist without the broader project that drives it all forward. And and we understand those of us here on the pod and those of us that collect the, the, the work all together, that that's a lot, which is why the people that put the effort and put the energy and put the time and put their money into it are handsomely rewarded by, you know, um, by the, the market aspect of it. But let's be honest, um, they're working very hard behind the scenes to make sure that a project like Three Seas, you know, um, has some some long term merit to it. And, and that's one thing that, you know, this is not me saying like, you know, you can't lose here. Um, I don't need to say that. I can say that you've never had an opportunity 
to to get into to uh, a piece of work, uh, a piece of art that has this much behind it, dedicated to to making it relevant and significant over time. And he can't say it, but I can. So, yeah, you can't lose because, as he said, really everyone, hundreds of us, desperately need not want but need the pieces or the elements that make up your three Z's. And as we discussed, even if it had no traits, it would still be an absolute you know, gem you in someone. Nobody gets to see. They're going to need it. No, nobody gets to see Crouton's eyes light up imagining a no traits three Z's, but it's really adorable. He's just having the best time imagining <laughs> no trait three Z's. Um, I love it. I think that people imagine that the three Cs is used up when it's when there are no traits on it. Aside from the fact that we know you can now add things to it, even in that scenario where you didn't want to add anything to it, it's still a three Cs. It's still a gen whatever three Cs. And there will only ever be 100. And people are going to start burning them to claim physicals, which diminishes the number that are actually available for you. So I, I think it's fascinating. I know we're going to have no trait three Cs. And I think people might incorrectly assume, oh, well, now that's not important. Could not be further from the truth. There may not be any more um, indicative piece, representative piece of the project than a completely used piece, right? It's a bit like a Molotov Jones, you know, where you, where you were foreshadowing and told us, hey, you're gonna have to burn everything. That's what that was what the message of Molotov was. And you know, a no trade threesies is very on brand, right? You've used the utility and now it doesn't currently have uh you know any elements for you to interact with, but it could in the future, and it still has future utility. Yeah, no, it's it's um it's a fun fucking project. It's been so much fun for me in, in LA to to have people that we don't know see it interact with it get to talk to them about it um we've got another collector coming tomorrow to the gallery um which could be fun i uh, just found out about that as we were going live here um and you know i think um i think this is the beginning this is that that, that moment okay where uh people outside of the typical nft sphere um are, are going to start dipping their toes in, in what I'm doing and, and you know, really respecting, like I said, it's a respect not just for me and, the, and, and what I've done, but for what you guys as the, the community, the collector community have done to, to help drive it forward. So I appreciate you guys. I appreciate everything you do. Um, I, I hope that this this uh, pod, you know, found some ears. The, the, you know, it's for those of you who haven't been able to come in and, and meet with me personally or don't get a chance to have this sort of a, a talk to bring in you know, two of the the absolute top collectors of threesies and kitsch uh, was, was <laughs> sort, sort of fun. Um, but um, whatever whatever happens, I really hope that somebody outside um, squeezes kitsch out and he can't afford to to get one of these this last week because he he, he was uh, sleeping for the other two weeks. So let's talk about how to do that real quick. Yeah. Because uh, we are releasing this on the Thursday morning, so the format uh, will be like the other two auctions. There's only 11 pieces left that are going to get auctioned on the open market. 
so on uh, August 31st, uh, what is that? At Thursday. Four Pacific four, four, time? 4 p.m. 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 Eastern, 1 a.m. Uh, European Central. 11 will be listed for auction, five-minute staggered time on OpenSea. Uh, I would check the Grotto, which is our Discord, or Threes on your Twitter for the official link to the auctions. You'll tweet that out because we have seen uh, fake collections posted. Yeah. Um, so that is something to be aware of. Uh, don't get confused. These will be auctioned. Auction from the official thing. There should be other items. It shouldn't just be 11 items that never sold and things like that. So like check your links, go to the official sources, um, be aware um, if you try they will, to they will be auctioned by me, right? Mm -hmm. So it'll show up as as owned by threesomes, uh, minted by threesomes, uh, for auction by threesomes on the threesies three collection. Not uh, by the OG six nine four three K for less yeah, than two and yeah. whatever. Um, the you know if you haven't done open sea auctions before, don't be cute. Um, if you bid within the last 10 minutes, it's adding 10 minutes. So you can't you can't sneak a bid in the last minute and just try to raise with the minimum or something like that. Um, if you haven't had experience with it before, you'll need uh, WEF, the wrapped Ethereum, uh, which is used for bidding. Um, so yeah, if you have questions about how to do that, ask in the grotto before it starts, um, because it's going to be hard once it does. People are going to be in whatever their strategy is but yeah it, it's uh it's it's going to be a celebration uh you know i think um you know i think we'll probably be around the grotto that friday evening oh it's 24 hour period on the auctions obviously plus whatever overrun from the bid time so yeah we'll, we'll, be, we'll be going live we'll be going live on friday Awesome. Uh, as action as auctions end um it's just gonna be fun it's it's been a, a long nearly month of this exhibition we started with the first uh auctions on opening the opening night of the exhibition which all these amazing people came in to celebrate and this is closing that out and it's also like i said it's a testament to the collectors as well like how we do this and what what goes into to a project that's never been seen in the art world and never been seen just generally um and and all these amazing people so it's going to be fun we're going to celebrate yeah. it um and if people are are in la and catch this somehow before it closes they can come meet you with your kombucha at vellum and at vellum, yeah and what are the hours set up there the last couple well, of it's it's open one to six um but uh you reach out to me on on any of the socials or you reach out to vellum itself and they'll coordinate with you for a time for me to stop by and, and walk you through it um it, friday probably during the the morning uh early early afternoon would be the best time at this point kind of filled up with some slots for tomorrow um for, for thursday so so friday friday if you're hearing this and you want to meet me and, and see the work um you know that's just just reach out either to me or the gallery awesome yeah anything else crouton kitsch and then we'll wrap this one up no look, looking forward to celebrating the, the last 11 here and yeah if you're uh you're been sitting on the sidelines and can't can't emphasize enough how important i think this opportunity is uh, one that won't come around again. And I don't just mean Gen 3s. Of course, we know that that's the end of those. But I think even as it relates to one's ability to 
get their hands on these, I think it's it's going to be a lot harder next time. So, yeah, take, take your shot. Yeah, take your shot because uh, you know I. Um, you think it's hard for me now to say uh, say my goodbyes to these paintings at these prices? There's a there's a reason, and I, I won't be putting myself in that position again. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah, these are this is the last chance at sort of uh, entry level pricing. Kitch, close us out. I mean, with it being Gen three as well, I mean. Threes doesn't seem to be that an important number in this universe or anything. So don't let that slip past you. Um, And if you're not in LA and you want to talk to the artist threesomes, hop in the discord. He's there to actually talk to you. You might hop in other discords for artists in the NFT space and you'll get their little assistant person or no one. Um, But this artist, he's there to talk to you on the phone, on discord, on zoom. Uh, yeah i have a i've got a an la burner hell yeah number i do i've got an la number and it's fucking awesome (laughs) it it ends in 0333 um but but yeah so i'll i'm I'm taking calls i'm I'm taking zooms um i'm available because this is there's a reason that we there's a dialogue around this like honestly um this is not just pretty picture by yes or no there's a lot here and so uh, i am I'm available. And that goes not just during vellum time. I mean, I love talking about the project. Um, you know, for those who are, are uh, find themselves in New York, uh, I've got a beautiful studio where I welcome visitors and and there's nothing that makes me happier than people coming by and, and seeing my work and chatting about it. And, um, so that's, this is an open invitation to those who are interested in my work and, and having conversations about it. Yeah, you can also hop into the grotto and talk to me, Kitch, or Luch, yeah. or I mean, many others too, but I mean, you can talk directly to us. Hit us up in DMs, hit us up in Grata. We're around, trust me. Yeah, I, I, all of a sudden this is becoming like a uh, local access uh, commercial. Call me. Subscribe, like. Accidentlawyers.tez. 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 All right, thank you guys. Uh, and um, we'll see everybody uh during auctions all right later guys